I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the Watford FC Buzz podcast. Myself, Matt Messiano and Tom Bedell here. Uh, on this Monday evening, discussing uh, well, what's been a, a bit of a whirlwind, really, uh, in the last seven <laughs> days. We, we we came together last Monday actually to to talk about the the dismissal of Rob Edwards and uh, subsequent appointment of of Billich. And um, I felt like we 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 spent most of the time, Tom, dedicated to um, to the dismissal of of Rob Edwards without really touching too much about what. Billich means for Watford. No, absolutely right. It's been the highs and the lows of supporting Watford in the last week, hasn't it? From the, the kind of pits of despair last Monday at the change to uh, suddenly most convincing win in terms of performance and result that we've we've enjoyed all season. So yeah, it's been well, it's been it's been supporting Watford. But you're right. I don't think we really touched upon what he was going to bring and, and what have you. Jordan was going to do some research on that, wasn't he? Yeah, so. he was. Yeah, he's done actually a very good video that you can check out. Um, Watford Analytics mm. is his handle on YouTube, and he's done a, a very comprehensive video about uh, Billich and how he plays. Um, it seems, and as was evidenced uh, on on. On Sunday, that it's a four-two-three-one formation, uh, and from what we saw on on Sunday, at least, it seems like it's very well suited to the players that we have. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? That's a little bit frustrating. That um, one of the many things, yes. But uh, they brought Rob Edwards in, and you know everybody knew what he wanted to do, but they didn't give him the tools to do that. Um, but then when it came to Slavin Village, you know, he seems he has seemed from the outset like a much better fit uh, for the players that we have. And even if it's you know because we haven't got wing backs and we know he wants to play four three, three or four two three one, anything with a kind of back four is more likely with him. Um, so it's automatically seemed like a much better fit. And you know the kind of the best I think we've seen of him at, at say West Ham was with those kind of very creative supplementary attackers behind the. The main striker, and we've you know we've got an abundance of those players: Aspria, Sal, Sema, Pedro, uh, other players that I can't think of right <laughs> now. So yeah, it's it's it on paper at least it seems like a much 
much better fit. And actually, from uh, you know having a bit a squad that looked a little bit thin and what what have you under uh, Rob Edwards with with Pedro to come back and um, Imran Luzer now back, suddenly you think, oh, actually, you know, we've got a few options and someone probably a couple of players that have played a lot of football are going to find that they miss out now for you know periodically because um we've got such such depth suddenly in a couple of areas that it didn't feel like we had depth in a couple of weeks ago that's not to say there aren't deficiencies and shortages in the squad absolutely there are um and we shouldn't overlook that but it's uh amazing what a difference six days makes let's put it that way yeah absolutely um what was um the the highlights for you um against Stoke Tom you went up there mm. as, uh, along with myself and um mm-hmm. we, we got to watch you know, 90 minutes of, of you know recently uh good football with with Watford yeah. dominating in, in large proportions of the game we'll, we'll come on to the, the the fact of whether Stoke was was you know particularly weak a bit later but yeah. let's look at what Watford did and and how they I think probably put in the best performance of the season so far yeah I, th- I think so um I thought we started well and then lost our way a little bit stoke i think changed some things we changed some things and it didn't kind of work out as as well as it had been and then after a couple of little scares at the start of the second half we kind of got better and better and i think and billish said it actually as well you know that afterwards that they need to see to believe kind of thing and it, it did feel like that didn't it that they got the goal and then they got the second and you thought okay and they just kind of grew in confidence from there um, Imran Luzer coming on made a big difference. He, you know, lifted, I thought, the, the speed that they moved it with and the kind of penetration that they had through through the midfield. Um, but it was, for me, the most complete performance we've seen this season. Again, you've got to kind of caveat that with a few things. Stoke weren't very good at all. And um, it's one game and there were still kind of deficiencies. But I thought in terms of what, we've wanted to see this season and probably what Rob Edwards would have liked to have seen when he was in charge. This was a, a lot closer to that. You know, he talked a lot about pressing and we pressed quite high at times, um, particularly in the first half and that that worked well. We got the ball forward a lot more quickly. It wasn't kind of, you know, lumping it forward like Stoke were doing, sort of seemed to be pumping balls up to Liam Delap quite a lot. Um, but, you know, we, we, we showed an urgency to get it forward that hasn't been there all season. We, we've all kind of bemoaned the backwards sideways that u shape that jordan talks about where it kind of goes from side to side via the wing backs via the center halves and everyone just dies of boredom um you know they wanted to get it forward still there were times when they could have moved it a lot quicker and they could have been a lot more kind of bolder with it um but i think we were a lot closer to what we wanted to see and also you know seeing hassan kamara on the left hand side getting forward and, and really causing them problems uh, was was a big positive as well. So there's definitely something to build off of there, and I think you know as well as that, it kind of legitimises Slavin Bilic's reign a little bit. You know, shows the players what is possible. Um, you know, the ability that they do have, and I think the other thing is we've got to obviously remember we're only eleven games in. You know, look at what Forest did last season. Um, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that we can still get promoted if they got promoted having been in the relegation zone and, and we've seen other teams do it as well haven't we so you know all is not lost um, I guess that's the one good thing about making the change so early and so dramatically yeah Hassan Kamara you, you, you picked up there Tom was really really good you know and from, from the word go he was putting in balls and, and that beautiful ball he put in for Saar probably should qualify that um, I mean in the Premier League that would have been ruled out wouldn't it because it <laughs> 
It was <laughs> it was just offside. Not that we knew. Um, sitting in the uh, what stand was it? Now? I don't know. I'm not sure what stadium it was, but the uh, it had a terrible name, whatever it was. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a perfectly weighted ball, and and look, Sars got to go for those, and he's got to head it, and and it's up to the referee. Oh, that, to, it's up to the yeah, referee. that's it exactly. Yeah. Give him the give him the decision to make, isn't isn't it? You know, it was, as I say, it was a lovely ball. Uh, great area in that respect, kind of between the defenders and goalkeeper, what they, the old kind of cliche corridor of uncertainty. And it, it was because um, uh, Joe Bursic comes for the ball, doesn't he? And, and kind of leaves it there for Sar to nudge it home. So it was a it was a really good ball and a really good display of what sort of um, Hassan Kamara can do, which I think we, we all know and we all have seen, but he, he's been inhibited a little bit by playing on the other side, hasn't he? Um, this season and having to kind of come in, but it was you know it was a it was a kind of wing back display while playing at fullback. Um, the flip side of that is that sometimes he has to be a little bit quicker getting back or make a bit of a last ditch kind of challenge. Um, we saw a few of those yesterday that were a bit iffy, and in fact there was a bloke two rows in front of me who was absolutely apoplectic. He was fuming at uh, Kamara. Um, Kind of saying, oh, 16 million, what a laugh, absolute rubbish, he's a disgrace, get him off, he's terrible. And I thought, I could see I could see the moments when he was getting angry, why he might get angry. But overall, I thought, you can't really be saying that about his performance. I thought he was very good. Um, and, you know, gives us a glimpse of, of what, exactly what he can do in this this system with, with licence to to get forward. It's now just a case of trying to hopefully coax that out of someone on the right-hand side, uh, Mario Gaspar, or, or signing someone in January that can that can do it as well, so we're not too one-dimensional. Mm. I think for Saar as well, I, I always feel as though he, he needs a goal in order to properly start enjoying the game. I, 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 I don't know if that makes much sense, but he, he just seems sometimes like he's like he's not there until yeah. until until he scored a goal and then all of a sudden he seems more interested. <laughs> I don't, no, I know what I mean. I know. think it's I think it's his body language sometimes, isn't it? There are a couple of you know, obviously the goal was fairly early, but even prior to that there were a few instances of him kind of not getting the decision he wanted or the run of the ball or the pass that he wanted or whatever and just being a bit like oh right, it's gonna be one of those days. But the goal changes everything, I think, in that respect. And, and to be fair, he made that run a few times kind of from the right inside and sort of across the defence. And, you know, he's good at that. He is a bit of a a bit of a nuisance when he does that. And, and that was obviously how the goal came. And, and, and thereafter, he kind of was another one I thought grew in stature and in performance and, and just showed again, you know, how valuable he's going to be at this level. And... Um, this season and, and you know hopefully we keep him keep him for the whole season because it dramatically enhances our chances of going up. Yeah, Saar was um one of that front three behind Davis on the on the right hand side. But it was actually uh Ken Semmer on the left hand side who I think had a, a much better game and he was really deserving of, of that uh, of that second goal. That second goal that was so important. And yeah we needed that goal I think didn't we it felt and it's so not because they were peppering us but you we've just been all been to enough games that you go one nil up and then kind of get deeper and invite them on and you just think, oh God, this has got fairly late equaliser written all over it if we don't get a second. And we all kind of say we need a second and we got it and we also built from there. Um, but, you know, Stoke had, I think, finished the first half stronger, hadn't they? If not necessarily in terms of the quality of the chances they created, 
in terms of kind of territory and putting balls in the box and what have you. And then they had a a reasonable chance, if I remember right, rightly, start of the second half. Um, Sierra Alta headed one over right in front of us, didn't he? And then they went up yeah. the end, other end and had a chance. I can't remember the, the free kick save that Backman had to make if that was before or after the second goal. But, you know, it just felt like sometimes this is all you can judge it on, but it felt like everything was kind of happening up the far end, basically. And you just thought, <laughs> oh, the kind of swell of they were getting up for it a bit more, the fans, the Stoke fans at that point. So, yeah, the second goal came at a good time in that respect. And I tweeted it afterwards. The signal was so bad yesterday. My bloody phone, I couldn't bloody tweet or anything i was trying to send tweets and reply to you and whatnot but it was crap um anyway i sent my tweet saying ken Simmer, what a most ken Simmer goal ever wasn't going to be beaten by it was he because it looked like the chance had gone and he still managed to squeeze it in and it kind of trickled over from a difficult angle he's lying on the lying on his side lying on his back but it was a it was a triumph of just being determined and and everything that we know about Ken Semmer, he's never going to win awards for kind of prettiness or skill or style or panache, but he gives you everything. He works his socks off. And I thought he grew after that point actually as well and, and got a little bit more involved because in the first half, I thought he'd been kind of, I don't know, uh, overshadowed, I guess, by Hassan Kamara. So it was another yeah, good performance from him. He's just, he's just missed a championship for us, isn't he? He's not a Premier League player, but... He does a job in the championship, and you, you can't not love players that just give it their all. I think. Tom, in the second half, uh, Imran Loser came on, and um, he's kind of been the uh, the the I don't know the heralded son, the one that uh, the one that isn't there that's going to fix everything for us. And and when you hear that, you think, oh yeah, well, you know, I mean, maybe he will, but you know, I think it goes deeper than that. But then <laughs> he steps onto the pitch, and would you would you believe it? He he controlled the show didn't he he ran everything and you think oh actually yeah maybe maybe this is the guy we've been missing all season because he was fantastic yeah he was brilliant um exactly what you hoped he would do i think this season right come in and get on the ball a lot control things keep the ball moving move the ball quickly penetration forward passing thrust urgency you know all the things that we kind of saw glimpses of him doing last season just in abundance and um, it didn't seem like a coincidence that he came on and we kind of went from 1-0 up to 3-0 up fairly quickly. Got the assist for um, for Kumbayo's goal, whether by luck or judgment, I'm not sure, but not sure, sorry. But yeah, he was he was absolutely fantastic and I think, you know, as you say, a lot has been pinned on him. I tweeted when he came on, um, you know, over to you, Imran, kind of thing. The whole season hangs on you because I think we've all been waiting for him to come back, you know, we've all kind of felt prior to the signing of Chowdhury, you know, he was the one central midfielder he absolutely wanted in there week in, week out. And so to be missing him until this point has been has been a big blow. But yeah, he comes on and, and, and gives an absolute masterclass really in what he's about and, and why we've missed him. And, and you would reasonably assume that, unfortunately, if we're going to keep playing 4-2-3-1, then someone's going to miss out out Chowdhury and Kayembe, who I thought had a good game as well. Kayembe has improved a lot since I was um, giving him grief earlier in the season. But um, he was, yeah, he was fantastic. There was a 22 of 26 passes completed, one key pass, and just generally um, the one that really kept us ticking in, in, in the second half there. And uh, probably a bit of a bonus to get half an hour out of him, actually. So kind of quickly after... It's so soon after he came back from injury, but he could be, you know, the, the kind of 
cliched like a new signing, couldn't he, in the, in the remainder, of the se- remainder of the season, the remaining most of the season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this this victory, Tom, does throw up a few questions, though, that um, are valid questions, and I'll ask them to you now. The first one is, should Rob Edwards have been given the opportunity to um, to utilise Imran Musa? Um, and the second question is, should Rob Edwards have perhaps identified that this formation would have suited the players better? And I'm I'm maybe not going to put too much into that just yet because we have only just started playing it and, you know, you could win playing any formation. But it does feel as though, as it is, that this might be a better formation and perhaps Rob should have noted that or... or I don't know. What, what's, what's your opinion on, on on those two? Let's let's start with Imran Musa first. Yeah, I, th- I think Imran Musa. Yeah, hundred percent. He would have not should, but would have benefited from having Imran Musa. I think you know he's the one player in that midfield who you know can pick a pass, and obviously did exactly that yesterday. So yeah, he's a big miss in that respect. Um, in terms of system. To be fair to Rob Edwards, you know, he didn't stick defiantly by the back three, did he? You know, he did he did show some degree of variation and willingness to change. Yeah. Burnley, true. we went true. back for MK Dons in the Cup, but we went back for QPR, we went back for... So he wasn't totally inflexible. But yes, there is an element of thinking, well, all right, I haven't got the players on ease. Maybe I have to be a bit more pragmatic and change that. But I wonder if that's perhaps something that comes with a little bit more experience. And that's not to kind of talk him down, because I'm sure he would have thought about this and, and discussed it with his staff. But I think sometimes you get with younger managers, they're kind of wedded to and they'll kind of live and die by their system and their style of play. And, you know, evidently that was why Watford appointed him. But knowing that body of work that had gone before at Forest Green Rovers, but... Perhaps another manager would have gone a bit longer and the tooth would have gone, well, this isn't working. We need to change something or I'm going to be out of work. Yeah. Either way, we sacked him too quickly. But yeah, there's there's definitely something in that, I would say, definitely, because the squad far better suits that system as this, you know, shape, as we said at the top of the show. Yeah. Uh, and I think uh, you really have to make that point that, um, you know, he was hired um, off of his previous work. And when he came in, in fact, probably, probably, I mean, I'm going to have a have a stab here in the dark, but I imagine in the interview process, he probably outlined his ideas from from that moment. And, um, you know, the board then has a decision to appoint him based on what he's saying he's going to go ahead and do. <laughs> now, and, and then once you've made that decision, you have to back him with the players. And he clearly wasn't backed with those players, Tom. Exactly that, exactly that. They would have done their due diligence. They would have said, what What would you do with this squad? How would you kind of utilise the existing players? What do you think you need to add? All these kind of things. Of course, well, you'd like to think there would. Any normal recruitment process would have would have touched on those points in one way or another. Um, and he would have said what he wanted. It's evident he didn't get it. And that is where you can only pin the blame on the club. Um it would be good to know, this is where I always think it would just be nice to know what they 
what they're thinking is what are they looking you know what were they looking for in the window were they looking for a right wing back and and so on and so forth but obviously and i understand why we never hear the answer to those kind of questions but that is where i i feel for him you know there were things that he did that kind of baffled me mainly substitutions um and evidently it wasn't working but he wasn't given the the tools for the job really was he he uh he can feel hard done by in that respect. Um, you know, perhaps they have learned from it, or perhaps, as I said on the show we did last week, Slaven Village was the most high-profile available manager. Um, I'd like to think it's the former, and that they've uh, they've made a considered decision based on what they've got at their disposal and, and what Slaven Village has worked with successfully in the past. But let's see, eh? Well, rightly or wrongly, it upset a lot of people, Tom. And ahead of the game, uh, we were expecting to see several Pozzo out banners. Um, I personally didn't see any, but it's since come to light that the reason why that is is because a lot of those banners were confiscated before uh, entrance into the stadium, uh, I believe because they didn't carry fire safety warnings on, on them and so they weren't permitted into the ground. I don't know if you've heard anything about that, Tom. Yeah, I only heard the same as you, mate, to be honest with you, that I saw a picture of one beforehand um, and the kind of, the what seemed to have happened was exactly that, as you say, fire safety issue. What I would say is, guys, banners, just do better. Um, it was an <laughs> awful banner, wasn't it? I could be, I could be, maybe it's the picture and is this, it's too Is this light. the one of the, um, the very thinly binary yeah. letter, it says on the, is it a yellow background? I was, yeah, yes. I, looked, I saw that and I thought, who's going to read that? <laughs> go go boat, go bigger, go bolder, go darker, yes, go thicker because it's not going to be read otherwise. I promise you. Um, it'll be very interesting. I imagine if the club have got any sense, they will be pretty hot on checking people's bags and that sort of stuff, won't they, on, on Wednesday night? Uh, to try and you know kind of quell any anti pozzo sentiment. But I just I think you know it's going to go one of two ways yesterday, wasn't it? We were going to win and it would stall it or we were going to lose and it would have been worse than ever. And I think, you know, had Stoke scored early on, I think it would have turned quite quickly. And if we'd mm-hmm. a lot, and, you know, that would have probably contributed to a loss or probably led us to a loss and it would have been a fairly negative sentiment. But the the win kind of is the, the filter through which everything is seen. You know, it's now over to the players and the manager to make sure that, that remains the case and that we keep winning and any kind of... Um, anti-pozzo demonstrations, sentiment charts, whatever it may be, are nipped in the bud because winning will will have that effect. Well, that's, that, that's, that's it, isn't it? I was going to say, do you think this win will dampen down the um, the, the pozzo outers, of which I have to claim that I was one, still am one, I think. I don't I don't believe that one result really changes my perspective of, of how disappointed I am with, with, the, uh, with the ownership. Not that I am uh, um, foolish enough to think that... Um, that, you know he's going to go anywhere anytime soon, but um, I, I was I was hoping that a few banners would would be able to um, you know to make their point. Um, having said that though, you know, in the crowd, uh, I didn't hear any an- anti pozzo chanting, which I I expected to hear to be honest. Um, so that was surprising. I did hear a couple of uh, I don't know tongue in cheek. Uh, chance about um, he's going to get sacked in the morning uh, mm. referring to Billich and uh, what, what was the other one um, sack who we want yeah we sack who we want that's right, that's right. It, was, 
it was funny but um it wasn't as um perhaps direct and targeted as i thought uh, the chanting might be so i i guess i mean look sometimes football fans can be fickle and when you're winning it's maybe hard to uh you know to to point the finger of blame i suppose oh exactly i think um the kind of the, the tongue in cheek chants were kind of received differently by different people i thought it was quite funny to be honest and given everyone's having a laugh at us we might as well own it and have a laugh at our own expense really mightn't we because it's the most empowering thing i think isn't it to kind of take away the uh, the opportunity to use it as a stick to beat Watford with, which is obviously what other fans have been doing, the national press have been doing and so on and so forth. But I thought I thought those were quite funny. And the the um, Soccer AM sketch, have you seen this, was the kind of perfect... Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, which again, I thought was funny, but it's the, the perfect encapsulation for me of how the world views us and exactly why we should be kind of taking ownership of the, the, the narrative and, and, and having a laugh about it. I think a lot of those people will feel exactly the same way as they did on Saturday, say, right before the game. I think they will still think there is time for a change. They're totally entitled to that. I don't think anyone will, you know, a win doesn't change a thing. As, as you said, you know, even if you're kind of new to the view that it's time for a change, I suspect you probably still feel that way deep down because I don't believe for one second that we're suddenly going to, you know, go from being a, ridiculous club to a, a paragon of virtue and and, and, and sustainability and, and kind of consistency so I'm sure we're going to have this again at some point whether it's in three months six months or 12 months or even you know further down the road than that so I don't think it will change people's view but it will just keep it on the back burner but I think it's there now it's bubbling under that kind of sentiment that resentment and you know even if it's uh not for a few weeks the next time we have a bad performance or we maybe go behind maybe maybe it won't take going behind maybe it will be a bad performance and a bad result I think I think we will see a little bit of it and then you know the more that kind of grows um the louder it becomes but it was interesting to me because I was fully expecting there to be banners and chants Mm. agnostic of the result yesterday and the performance yesterday I thought from the start there'll be some you know some songs and whatnot there was one bloke behind me who tried to start we want Potso out didn't get anywhere and then in the second half, there was one bloke to my side who start, tried to start the old um, Pozzo family, Watford loves you more than you will know. And that didn't get anywhere either. And I thought that was probably actually quite a neat way of summing it up. That, yeah, yeah. You know, I think a lot, I think there's a, a loud minority or a loud, I'm not even going to put minority on it, I'm going to say a loud faction that are anti and probably have been for a long time, but have swelled in number recently. And there's a loud faction that are pro and probably have been for a long time. The biggest faction is probably the quietest faction, which is probably what I identify with. That's a bit kind of conflicted and, you know, neither strongly pro or strongly against at the moment. It could kind of go either way, but maybe have started leaning towards the out end of the spectrum for the first time. Um, But I still think, you know, most people are probably conflicted, I think is the best word to, to sum it up. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it felt because we often take our barometer from Twitter as though the majority was was Pozzo out, but I don't feel that that's the case anymore. I think it's a lot more 50-50 or, or you know, maybe 55-45, something like that. But it's, I think it's a lot closer than I originally thought it was. Um, I suppose 
I'll, I'll outline some of the reasons why I think that um, this result doesn't change my views. And I think that's mainly because I value the identity higher than I do the division we're playing in and the uh, teams we're playing against, I suppose. Um, I would quite happily be a, a championship club next season if it meant that uh, we felt more like uh, a club again and uh, currently I don't feel as though we have that identity or at least not a positive one anymore and uh, I'm also a bit fed up of being the, the laughing stock of uh, of the English of English football as well yeah I think most people are aren't they I think that's the biggest thing that we've for a long time been able to defend the decisions but actually you know it's, it's impossible to defend the decisions anymore when we went through four managers and got promoted, it felt like a bit of a misnomer because, you know, there were problems under Sonino, evidently. Then Oscar Garcia comes in and gets ill. Then they, so that was unforeseen. Then they kind of panicked and, and rectified the Billy McKinley thing. So suddenly you go, well, you can make a case for all of those. And then Yukanovich gets him promoted. You know, I think we all kind of said, actually, on balance, Kike, yeah, had to go. Don't think anyone had any issue with um, Walter Mazzari going. Don't think anyone really had any issue with Marco Silva going because he treated the club poorly. Uh, and then it's at that point that I think things start to tail off, don't they? But, you know, for a long time, I think we were all kind of able to make a reasoned argument for the club being right. And it's it's now that we can't. Um, that, it, you know, I think the whole thing has kind of come, come to a head. And I'm sure we're going to see angst in the future i'm sure of it but i think for now the longer they can keep winning it just it just dampens it down yeah and i'm not going to deny that i i enjoyed uh sunday i thought it was a you know a great a great match and, and you know it's great to see it score goals I was, it was fantastic um and i guess because we know pozzo is very unlikely to, to go even if he sees a banner or two um he's you know, got more time to win the fans that are not feeling that happy about him uh, back back to his side again. So, um, you know, I encourage him to, um, you know, to to prove me wrong. And um, I suppose this is the first step in in the direction of of doing that. But I, I can't help but think that even if we get promotion, we're going to be in the exact same boat we were last time we got promotion. I don't feel as though much would have changed really but but hey we, let's let's see i will reserve judgment until um until such a hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands and the best part they're all about safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Thing happens. No, agreed. That's the thing that concerns me. I think we would be better staying down another season um, and building properly. But I think the the onus is on getting back up immediately, isn't it? We've learned that, if nothing else, from the change of manager. So I think they'll throw everything at it to get it. Well, everything. They'll throw as much as they can at it to get promoted. And then we'll be back where we were last season, as you say, um, probably signing the 2023 equivalent of some of the players we signed that weren't fit for purpose last time. Um, and, th- and that's the thing, isn't it? If you can't see a more positive future then something probably does need to change Mm. that's an interesting point there tom actually i mean it does feel like they're you know making a drastic change because they desperately want to get into the premier league again but they weren't that desperate to uh to support to support rob's um rob's ideas of of you know for example the you know bringing bringing in a, a better right wing back who would have been able to support his his vision um, to get back to the Premier League. So how how can you be so desperate in in some ways, but not as desperate in other ways? This is the thing, isn't it? I think it's the arrogance to assume that they've done everything they possibly can. Um, You know, you can just envisage it, can't you? I think we said it last week. um, That if challenged, I suspect they go, the club would go, whoever the mouthpiece was, would go, oh, well, we managed to keep, you know, we kept, we made an effort to keep Ishmael Assad and we kept João Pedro, which is to totally overlook the fact that they didn't sign the wing-backs that um, Rob Edwards needed and so on and so forth. So I don't... And not to mention, Tom, that they were trying to actively get rid of those two players. Well, that's exactly. It was, you know, it's by <laughs> hook or by crook that they stayed. It wasn't some big kind of defiant stance. They were meant to leave and they, they, they didn't. Um, so yeah, I just, 
I think it's there's a there's an inherent arrogance. I do believe that, and and it's evident in the fact that they've gone back to changing manager again. You know, it's like right, well, we tried your stupid way for five minutes. Now we're going back to what we've done all along, which um, kind of proves that it's not worked because we've gone through seventeen managers in ten years. But what do we know, eh? Yeah, indeed. Well, um, we'll go back to the game and. and Yes, it was a it was a great victory, Tom. Uh, we won't make any bones about that. But Stoke were very poor. Um, I think that's Alex Neil's biggest defeat actually since Stoke came back to the championship. So at, at home, at least. So it's um, it wasn't a great day for them, and they never really uh, tested us too much, did they? I mean, Backman made a couple of decent saves, but they were from you know long range efforts. I think I don't think they really got. No, there's a that's it. There were a couple where they kind of he had to be quite quick off his line, um, and and kind of uh, and scoop it up. There's a save from the free kick. I'm struggling to remember any others where you know they they just put a lot of balls in the box and kind of flash a lot of crosses in that never really came to anything. There was that one kind of moment where someone I can't remember who it was went went down the. Kind of left hand side of the box and chipped it onto the roof of the net, but oh yes, yeah, yes, yeah, they didn't. I'd be very interested in championship XG data isn't as easy to come by, particularly when I've left the job recently um, <laughs> that I used to get it from. But um, I suspect the XG was for once very much favouring Watford in that game. You know, I don't think we could say that about a lot of games this season. In fact, I'm just looking it up. Actually, do you know what? Quite interesting. I just, according to footystats.org, don't know the, the provenance of their XG data. Um, it was 1.52 for Stoke and 1.88 for us. Um, okay. Which what, I'm kind of, what does that tell us? Kind of surprised about. Well, it kind of tells us it's an even game according to the chances, and maybe Stoke would consider themselves unlucky and we scored some, you know, low value opportunities um, to get our four goals. But. One of the goals would probably have been considered a tap-in. Sale goal was probably quite a, a difficult one. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think what the other goals even even were. To be Davis, honest with you, Davis uh, smashed one into the bottom right. Yeah, Dave, yeah. Bar I mean, sort of had to slide in to to, to grab it and, and stick it in. Yeah. And then, yeah, Simmers. But I'm, I, yeah. I can't think of any chances that they had that were that high. I'll have to go back and watch the highlights again. But I, I thought I could remember the game well enough. But yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't think the scoreline flattered us. To be honest, if you know, it felt like it could be anything at one point, didn't it? We were, you know, we were the more and more dangerous, and we every time we went forward, we looked like we might score at one stage. So yeah, I'm a little bit surprised by that. I must admit. Okay. Um. Well, I suppose the proof will be in the pudding when they. Uh return to Vicarage Road on Wednesday uh, mm. and they face Swansea who are arguably uh, a, a better side although you know mid-table themselves so they're not they've not had the, the, the best of starts but um, no I think probably they have more going forward than, than Stoke do yeah they've got they've got some good players I think it's fair to say haven't they um Obviously, up front, Joel Pirro and, and um, Michael Obafemi are good players. You know, they they um, have a decent midfielder, certainly in Matt Grimes. A lot is said about him. Harry Darling is very highly rated when he moved to Swansea as well. 
and then they've got a few guys that just feel like they've been there forever. Um, it's got to be said as well. Joe Allen's gone back there and, and kind of added to that. I think they're probably a better team than their results at the moment suggest. Um, but look, we've got to be we've got to be as Daniel Batman said in his interview with Watford Observer, winning games at home. We haven't done enough of that this season, and and a, you know a team that's kind of plum there in mid-table in, in 11th kind of model of inconsistency four wins three draws four defeats minus one goal difference um is is a team that we've got to be picking off if we're absolutely serious about getting promotion this season they've won you know back-to-back games but it's a poor whole side or a whole side that are in poor form and a, a west brom side that are in very poor nick and might very well part with steve bruce before long as well those results so it's you know it's, it's got to be if we're serious about promotion and Billich kind of reinforced that idea on Sunday, then we, we have to be winning these games. So, um, yeah, roll on Wednesday. Indeed. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting interview, actually, wasn't it, with Backman? He, he basically uh, said that uh, it was the players' fault that, uh, that Edwards uh, got the chop. But um... Yeah, there's something about all that that just doesn't join up for me insofar as, so what, why weren't you working hard for mm. Rob Edwards? And why are you now going to work hard? Was it, you know, not even in case of not liking him, but not believing in him or believing what he was, you know, trying to preach. I don't know. Just I find the whole thing a little bit weird that you just can't, you don't work hard for one manager and do work hard for the next. Um, I can understand why it might happen, but if that's the case, then you kind of think there's something wrong with that group of players really. But yeah, I also saw there was one comment in there where someone was going, Oh, yet more outspoken comments from this guy. What gives him the right? Blah, blah. I thought, no, it's not outspoken comments. He's just being, um, He's just being kind of honest and giving his honest inside view of the of the situation. But um, yeah, what is apparent is what they can do when they work hard and when they kind of play in a in a system and a style that, that suits. So yeah, let's hope that that was the start of something on Sunday. Apparently, as players, things don't really change for us. We're professionals and we work with whoever the head coach is. People in football know it's part of the job, and at Watford, we know how the owner operates. We know the business model and it's been like this since they've been here. They've stuck by what they do. The owner likes to change and likes the bit of a buzz that change brings with it. Uh, and and Backman uh, didn't really think about it, he says, when he was asked if uh, if he saw the change coming. Yeah. He's being fair and, and honest and, and open about it. Uh, it's, it's good to hear that he believes that, um, you know, it doesn't affect the players. I mean, clearly it didn't on, on Sunday, did it? No, that's it, exactly. It was, you know, it was the perfect kind of response and, uh, if anything, vindicates what the owner did, so what Gino Pozzo did. So I guess I guess he'll be feeling, whatever we are feeling now, he'll be feeling pretty smug after that one. Yeah, I suppose time will tell if uh, if he was right or not, but um, I expect there'll still be uh, a little bit of um, uh, protesting uh, to come. Yeah, I, I think the, the home fan base tends to be a little bit more spread yeah placid more spread so i think if you didn't see it away you probably won't see it at home even that would be obviously being a watford contingent but yeah i think i would be very surprised if there's kind of protesting or anything off the bat with that one. okay fair enough um well i'll be going to that one um and we'll be bringing a pod to you guys next on sunday i believe after, after the Blackpool fixture on Saturday, so uh, a couple of games to, to talk about then. Hopefully Jordan will be 
with us and uh, we'll be able to look at uh, a bit more detail as to how this squad is uh, properly playing under Bilic. Well, thanks for joining me, Tom. Um, Pleasure. I hope you've enjoyed yourself uh, in our one-on-one. <laughs> Always. And uh, I look forward to, uh, to next week. Awesome. Good stuff. See you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.